I am unashamed. What about you? So let me get this right. Three trucks of people. Yep. They they come down, and they do what? They say we, we got the gate code because we're going to extend some kind of language I'd never heard of before. But there was some kind of <laughs> apparatus that they were, were saying it'll reach down to the end of the where you live. So they're reaching out into the deep hmm. recesses of the forests. Did you hear the Did you hear the word fiber optic? Something like that. Was that ever mentioned? Something like that. Something like that. Right. That, that would be a blessing for all of us. So what are the chances fiber optic cables? that these three trucks of individuals, possibly ghost hunters, alien, whatever, <laughs> show up at the same time that when I get back from my little three-day vacation, nothing works at my house? Well, but, you got to remember when they first told me They've got a device now that when you can you, you can you can see the person you're talking to on it. Yeah, that's a phone. A phone. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, it just came then, out about 2012. I, I remember when it all started, be about ten people on a party line, and and, and ten of you would ring. You hello, everybody. What I wave? Should hang up while I'm on the telephone. Some old woman. Well, that's oh. just as chaotic. <laughs> so they put opinion. about eight on one thing, but then you you could talk to them. But they said there's a time coming. They've got this thing that they can see you when they talk to you. I mm -hmm. said never. It'll never happen. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. I didn't even think it was possible. They didn't want to embrace faith because you were talking to a person that you couldn't see. Yeah. They said that's too sketchy. It hadn't been over maybe 20 years that television came. I remember when television became a reality, there were no there were no televisions. Mm. And then they come along and if you had a tall antenna, you put put one in your house. No, Phil, I remember. We all yeah. gathered up, you know, in yeah. the neighborhood and, and it would just snow because there wasn't any programs on it yet. Yeah, but it it was a mighty throng showed up. And we were looking at the TV. They said, "Said we're going to you can watch movies mm -hmm. on a box." And I said, "Get out of here! No way." You know what that means, don't you? <laughs> uh, live and learn, I guess. But I never, I never was pulled into that. I, I was just, I didn't... I was saying that you're getting old. Yeah, if you can that. remember that. <laughs> yeah. Dad, you did realize that we were you, and then your family, us. We were all about 10 plus years behind what everybody else was already doing. That's exactly right. I don't right. know if you knew that, but like yeah. all the times these things were happening, when it happened for you and for us, other people had been doing it for years. That's, that's I mean, right. I would go to town and they had cable TV. I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go outside to get a better reception. So we were always about 10 years behind the curve, which I guess is perfect for you now. Because that's pretty much where you live. A no, we did or that. Uh, we did that to make sure everybody lived through the product, to make sure it didn't like melt your brain. Exactly. It's a you were using society as a test case. Yeah, exactly. To see if you wanted to bring it in. I think we were the last people in America to own a microwave oven. You know, yeah. and it just it now. I, how do you how do you get by with that one? Yeah, I think Phil's opposed to those, aren't yeah. you? Are you? Well. <laughs> you know, I didn't mean to open up that can of worms. I'm just saying, feels like that's not cooking. I'm looking not, at, I'm looking not. at the whole thing, yeah. big picture. No, I mean it. Yeah, that's. I don't know where we veered off. But well, we we started by saying that our culture. Some, Jace, Jace thinks he has had an alien involvement at his no, home. I didn't did know. you ever hear the hear the tone? Did it make dun, a better dun, 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 Yeah, did it make it better yeah, people? Just, uh, any of that kind of <laughs> Did all this high tech close stuff encounters, make, it make us a better people? Close encounters at the Jace kind. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm being ganged up on here. <laughs> I showed up back in my house and TV wouldn't work. It said no signal. Got on my computer. It was like nothing. You've lost connection. I got my phone. Nothing. There's no I don't know. I just don't know what happened here in the last three days, but evidently something in the what world is that called? Digital cyber world. world. Digital, world. Digital world. Digital world. That's pretty good, Dad. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to so connect you... it to faith, but I guess <laughs> that's not going to work because you can't see it. 
right. but you trust that it's going to yes, function that's it. properly. That's it. And, I, and now every, we've been studying Hebrews so much, everything I do revolves around this. Because I get back from, from the little vacation, the family moved on because they're you know, moving my daughter into college. Everything, you know, we're trying to be empty nesters here. But I had to come back so I could be a part of this. So the usually if I lose my bag, I don't care. If the airline, it's just closed. But I have my golf clubs. Mm. Now this is, mm. these are, and they're like, you know, I got the old fitted for the clubs. You need them this long and this. I just got them. Wow. So I get off the plane. I go down there. Al's done it many times. You wait 30 minutes. And then I looked up and no bag. Everybody else grabbed theirs and left until it's just you. Wow. And it's just the thing is going around. And you're like. That's a lonely, that's a lonely no place, Jay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, de- that's depressing. So yeah. I go up there and a uh, person came out and I said, there's one more bag. Yeah. And she said, there are no bags. She said, you need to go to the ticket counter up there. And you got your little tag. Yep. So I go to the ticket counter. Well, there was nobody there. Mm. So I sat there. I, at first, I was standing. There was no seat. So then I just sat up against the wall. And uh, 30 minutes into it, a security person came and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my bag. I got on a plane. I had a bag, no bag. And he said, well, you can't sit here. So I thought, this is just crazy. Yeah. So as I was leaving, someone I saw open the door, and I thought, oh, there's a person. So I went over there. Yeah, no bag. So they gave me a number, and uh, they said, we don't know where it is, but I will call you. This person said, I'll call you. I gave them my phone number. They said, I will call you tonight when that plane, the next plane comes, Mm. one way or another. So I said, what time do you think it'll be? About 8 o'clock. You said, where am I going with this story? Well, 8 o'clock came and went. Guess what? No call. And so I called my wife this morning. I'm like, look, I got a problem. I still don't have my bag. She said, well, you can track it or whatever. I was like, forget all that. I had a person say that they were going to call me. And I put all my (laughs) hope and trust in that. That was a promise. Because I was thinking about Hebrews 11. I was like, she made a promise. I'm going to call you one way or another. And the call never came. Yeah. I gave her the number. It never happened. And I thought, okay, I get it now. You would have to have a person that it was impossible to lie to really put your trust in it. Yeah. Here's what's amazing to me. Yeah. These writings that we're looking at, I mean, this high tech digital stuff, I can I think pretty safely say since I was in high school for the last how long when when did it just take hold and and uh and the internet. The tech all. world. I mean, what is that? How long has it been the here? 90s? 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to no, figure out how writing is 2,000 years old, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Still make perfect sense in a high-tech world mm-hmm. because this was written in an extremely low-tech world. Right. You read these texts and you're like, <clears throat> how in the world could we get this kind of writing that far in advance? I mean, this stuff was written where they didn't even... They didn't even hardly have invented the wheel. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And, and I just, I, I, as you say that, all of this goes directly to the human heart. Yeah. And we think, well, we develop all of our technology and we send satellites into space and we extend fiber optic cables and yeah. it has no effect on on how how our heart perceives things. Well, you it does. You are correct. You are uh, correct. And so when those things fail us, we're right back exactly where these people were, and what have we really got? It that looks is solid like we in this world, and our it, culture it, has yeah. the worldwide has digressed right. instead of been helped with we're, all the with all this. Really, we're 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 not we're not evolving. We're devolving. Yeah, uh, in so many ways because yeah. we're we're taking our eyes more and more away from the source of life, and that's Christ. Yeah. Uh, so when we're we're wouldn't putting say, our trust and our hopes in other things, <clears throat> wouldn't it be fair to say that technology, in and of itself, I mean, really all it does is either enhances or dilutes 
mm-hmm. what is reality and truth. It, wow. it does, it's not a reality itself. I think people try to make it that, mm-hmm. but it always falls flat when that happens. Like we've talked about this for social media. It's just a, for a lot of people, it's a front. It's a fake front. There, right. There's a person behind there that's usually hurting, usually got issues, usually stuff going on that then lashes out through this, you know, fake prison. But really it's all it's doing is diluting or enhancing truth. So mm. I think to dad's point, that's why the truth, absolute truth mm-hmm. is always going to be, I mean, it's timeless. It's yeah. no matter what the enhancement or dilution is, it's still truth. That's true. Amazing. Well, you think about te- te- well, we have, we have the technology now to, we could take a, a image of somebody and then we could use deep fake and we can create a video that looks like it's them, but it's not actually them. And so you start thinking about like the way the technology is, is advancing. There's a, we're, we're, we're going to be sitting back in 10 years from now. What is truth, right? You know, we, we can't tell if this is true, if this is not true because of the advancements in technology, but, but the bedrock of truth uh, is always going to remain, you know? So I think that uh, one of the areas that when we think about uh, technology being like neutral or it, it's really not, uh, you know, I, I love how you put it out. It's kind of like wealth. You know, if you have a lot of money, that's going to exacerbate what's already there. If you're a generous person, you're a giving person, you get a lot of money, guess what you're going to do? You're going to give away more money. If you're stingy and you're corrupt, then you're going to be more corrupt. And I think what technology does is for the average individual is it exacerbates what's already there. Mm -hmm. And so whatever spiritual uh, integrity that you have or that you don't have or moral depravity that you have, it's just going to exacerbate it. So you see it happening with the advancement of technology and social media with a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good preaching that I've, I've heard and was able to overcome a lot of theological error because of stuff I, I saw on Facebook. But there's also a pornography and there's also all the other uh, competing influences. So it really depends on how you how you use it is what makes it, um, you know, dangerous or, 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 or helpful. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm Just being called the, now. Uh, uh, this is our culture. If you've never watched Duck Dynasty and are not familiar with its breakout star and religiously unhinged grand patriarch, Phil Robertson, well, bless you. They're saying, What are you reading, Phil? I'm not hinged, I'm unhinged. Unhinged. <laughs> so I looked up the definition of hinged, unhinged, to dislodge or, do, or, or detach. To throw the mind into confusion, this is what I'm being charged of, uh, or upset. Well, how torn, are you getting access to what people are saying about you if you don't own any Because technology? his daddy, that guy that right over here on your right, your, your cousin. <laughs> your nephew? Your, your Zach, cousin. His daddy Zach, sent me Zach, this and said, you're currently... Oh. You're currently, by the way you operate, are being called unhinged. <laughs> well, I could have told you that without. without <laughs> next good. time, just ask me. You, you didn't need the internet for and that. They thought, yeah. no one coming to a knowledge of that, they thought the powers that be out there in the underworld, the, the world of sat- that satanic idiots, Underworld. they said, boy, they, they, we can bring him down. We'll just start telling him he's unhinged. Yeah. But I'm just sharing that with y'all to just show you, you know, it's a badge of honor. You know, that, 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 that's exactly what they said about Jesus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he, he, he was not, he was not part of the religious establishment. And, and so you're not, when you're not following the status quo uh, or whatever denominational line you're supposed to be aligned with yep. and you just start talking Jesus, they, they, you're, you're uh, a loose cannon is another way of saying that you're. Uh, you're like Jesus walking into the synagogue, and you're flipping tables. And what, at that point, Jesus was unhinged in the eyes of the of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, for yeah. sure. It, uh, it, it, they just Hang pulled on, out of their little pocket, the pocket phone, yeah. and showed me that. that that's where Dash got that from. <clears throat> yeah, so let's take a break. So many times, if you think the stuff that you're looking at on the internet or visiting websites is private, it may not be. Basically, all of these internet service providers are going to not only view all of the websites that you're looking at, but they also can legally sell that information. So then you got all this stuff popping up all the time. So who likes that? Especially every time you look somewhere, and then all of a sudden you get all these ads that start popping in. 
it's uh, you, so you can browse anonymously. It's easy to use. It works on all your devices, your phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. So here's how you secure your own online activity. You go to expressvpn.com slash unashamed. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash unashamed. You're going to get an extra three months for free just for being an unashamed listener. So check them out. Expressvpn.com slash unashamed. No, and, and obviously we're doing some research uh, for the next book. Let me set that. I hadn't, we just got right into it today. We have Zach from North Carolina. I'm at the Southern Laird. Our podcast contributor, Larry Bowles, is in the house today. So, Larry, it's good to have you, there, have you here with back. us. Thank you. So, before we get to Hebrews, which we'll get to back in Hebrews 11, I wanted to, um, speaking of technology, so yesterday I'm down here, but I'm able to plug into our live stream at where I'm at at White's Ferry Road to hear Larry's sermon. And Jay, since obviously you didn't have anything working, you hadn't had a chance to uh, thank you hear that, but you need to. It was a stem winder. Uh, is what the, <laughs> a stem you know, winder. I, I became unhinged. A at stem one point. winder. Yeah. What is a stem winder? I, <laughs> I mean, heard. <laughs> it was something. So, but I want to. You made a statement a couple of times, Larry, and I want to yeah. mention it. Okay. Because I want you to. I knew there would be a reckoning, even our... as I was up there speaking. I knew there would be. <laughs> That's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You go up and preach, and then you go uh, and, and then, get critique for forty five. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Al's like, "Oh yeah, come on the podcast. We're going to talk about this." <laughs> he like, not, so okay. Larry said the first time he preached, "Why it's very rude." He got nervous. He looked down. And I was sitting on the front row, and I had a notebook out. And I was in because he was thinking, "Oh boy, here we go." The guy that asked me to speak has a notebook, but I said, "Larry, that's because you went into it five minutes," and I was like, "I need to start taking notes. This guy mm-hmm. has something worth saying." So I was in student mode. But you said yesterday that grace is the result. Of the absence of doubt. Exactly. I thought that was a really rich statement. So explain that to, to our audience and to our crew here, <sighs> yeah. what you meant just by that. All, I mean, you all, were in the context <clears throat> of Corinthians, just to say. We were, but at the same time, um, you know, when I got up, I just said, man, this this message is really heavy on me. I had really never experienced uh, anything quite like this in preparation, but uh, and Kathy will testify to this. We we sat and talked for hours and hours uh, about this idea of of faith, um, and I, I it really I, I I didn't know we'd end up in Hebrews eleven after all of this, but we use words that we have that we don't always truly understand, uh, like the word disciple. Uh, what does the word disciple mean? It actually means to be a disciplined learner, to put yourself under the authority. And how do you put yourself under the authority of someone else? Well, it's through faith. But what does that really mean? When, when I say I have faith in Christ, I, it, it relates more in, in, the, in the vernacular that we use to trust. And so grace is, is not the, or, or faith is not the absence of sin. That's, that it leads to grace. Um, but uh, grace is the absence of doubt. And so I, to be in Christ, to be constantly under his authority to receive his grace, I need to be in trust. Uh, and, and, and so you could actually literally replace all of these words uh, where it's talking about faith is that, I mean, here's, here's Abraham and he's about to plunge this knife into Isaac's heart and he's giving back to God what what he didn't have before the only thing that he has to give back and it is in pure trust and i think i heard you say a couple of podcasts ago that you know it's just uh, we're, he's he's like we're coming back i trust that that uh, that god's got this and so um we i talked about the the meaning of the word amen we use amen so many times as like, well, I give my my stamp of approval to that. I agree with that. We use you that know, as one a, point in there when he was debating on killing, just was told to kill his son. Yeah. You know, one point in there, he said, well, 
I guess he's going. He's been raised the dead. Exactly. Uh, you know. Yeah, and so that Quite that is a pure that's a pure idea of trust. But when yeah. we say Amen, you know what it actually means? So be it. Let it be. Let and it so be. here's here's Mary. You know, going toe to most... toe with Gabriel, and she says, "Let it be to me as you say it is." And so, and I, I brought the idea up with Job, is that you know, here's his wife says, "Just curse God and die." And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about, woman. He said, you're going you're gonna to bless God for the things, the good things that come from God, but you're going to curse him for the evil things that come from God. And God's using both of those things yeah. to, to move us. And he's mm. trying to move us from belief into trust. Does that make sense? And, and, to, and to have, he, Jesus said, unless you change and become like a little child— you can't enter the kingdom of heaven, and yep. we need to have that childlike faith where it's nothing but pure trust. So, well, not, does that make? Did it answer your question now? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I was going to make a couple comments about that. One is because uh, I never thought about that phrase. You know, it's the opposite of doubt, grace, but it does seem to go in line with Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then. Well, I feel like I got to read what's before, but it yeah. says, you know, G we have Jesus as our high priest. He is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, mm -hmm. which would be, I guess, an antonym of doubt. If you're approaching God because of Jesus, which Jesus is drawing us near to God, we can approach it with his throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find, find grace to help us in our time of need. I mean, I, I just, I think you got, <clears throat> I think you got a, a, yeah, you don't want to conflate grace with faith though. You don't enter by, uh, you think about Romans five, one, Paul right. says it this way, that we have obtained our introduction. We go by faith into grace. So exactly. you can go into grace without, it's the faith that you're, but the way you're going to get into the grace is through faith. I think uh, a lot of theological circles flip that, and they say, "No, you enter into uh, you enter into faith by grace." I, I, I don't think that's what Paul says in Romans five, and he kind of echoes that language in Ephesians two. Right? Um, he said it's similar, something like that. You by, by this <clears throat> grace you've been saved through faith. Right. That is not of yourselves; it's a gift from God. So the faith is the. I would say the faith is more the is the opposite of doubt. It's like the, I trust that what God's revelation is true. And for a lot of years, you know, I didn't understand that, and I I, I thought I, I had to somehow earn my way in, or I had to be good enough, right. or I had to if I if I you know followed all the rules and yeah. proved my loyalty to God. When that's what I thought faith was, I didn't understand that faith was simply trusting that God is number one that He's able, He's big enough to do what He right. says He's going to do, and then two that He's good. He has my best interest at heart exactly and that's that's how i enter into grace right that but, and that's trust and, the, and i looked up exactly what i said it's, i said that faith is not the absence of sin faith is the absence of doubt and so i yeah, that's that's, that's where we yeah. get into into trust and that's where paul comes to that conclusion in in second uh, corinthians 12 and verse 9 when you know he's like praying three times to take this thorn away from me and God is trying to move him from uh, belief into trust. Uh, and he's like, don't you understand, God, if you'll remove this thorn from my flesh, then I'll be able to serve you perfectly. And he's exactly. like, don't yeah. you understand, Paul, that that's the only guarantee that yeah. I've got that you're going to be dependent on me? And so I'm going to leave that right there. Yeah. And he says, my, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul has this aha moment where he says... Okay, so his power is made perfect in my weakness, and he moves uh, and understands that grace is the result of the absence of doubt. Yeah, that was my point of reading Hebrews 4.16 that I think was missed. Yeah. It said yeah. you can approach with confidence. Right. Yeah. Being that's sure. The, that's the confidence. Well, because you'd look, when it, when it all looked, I mean, read Hebrews 11. All of this, if you looked at the... What was going on? I mean, I think about Sarah. I mean, you have a promise here. You're going to have a baby. Well, she's looking at her body, mm -hmm. the reality, saying, mm -hmm. "Huh?" So, so she, Not gonna so she got a, she got way two different things here. 
am I going to trust the promise of God or am I going to trust what I'm looking at here? Because really, when you think about our world and Phil, you were talking about the culture. I mean, I don't know why this popped into my head. I mean, I think if people who don't believe, they would basically take Hebrews 11. They would probably change the word faith to trust. And they'd say, now, trust is being sure of what we know. So not what we hope for. Now, they would look at data. Mm. Well, that's uh, yeah. and we and certain of what we see, because mm-hmm. most people say, you know, when they say the reason they don't believe in God now in this technology world and data driven world, I mean, I've heard the arguments. They're like, well, the smarter we get, the more the more things that we know, they'll say we know that what religious people are attributing to supernatural beginnings, we can now know by data and research that the material universe is supporting whatever, you know, that the we evolved from seawater. And, and I mean, you, you listen to all these arguments because they're like, well, look at the data, look at the data, look at the data. It's all about the data. It's all about the data. But, what if the data is not true? Exactly. You know, it, it's still, I think it always comes back to this situation that Sarah was in, which look, we all like, we're glad that she trusted in God, but that would be very difficult if, you know, God is telling you to do something that the material universe is saying can't happen. Right. But she was confident at some point after she left, I guess. So, Larry, are you 50 years old yet? Because you look like a youngster. Oh, I'm, I've blown way past that uh, by about 12 years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm well, that good. Yeah. That, that, that means that everybody that's a part of our little crew now, except for Zach, is at least 50 years old. And it's yeah. a lot like our one of our sponsors is American Home Shield, uh, and they've been uh, protecting household budgets for 50 years. Uh, that AC that doesn't work, the, the dryer that goes out, that's what they do. Uh, and we love that about them. Uh, there, there are service fees, limitations, exclusions apply, and you can see their plan for details. But if you want to be able to get help to protect your home, go to American Home Shield because they've been doing this for a very long time. You're going to get $50 off uh, for the listeners of our show. So that's a great way to get this thing started for yourself if you haven't already checked them out. So keep your home up and running, your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, Unashamed listeners can get $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. Go to ahs.com slash fill to save that 50 bucks. It's ahs.com slash fill, $50 off any plan. Service fees, limitations, exclusions apply. See their plan for details. American Home Shield, be sure with the shield. Well, the, the whole point I think I was trying to make in this idea of doubt is that doubt is 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 different than data, because uh, here's here's Eve in in the garden, and she is walking with God. She's daily conversing with God, mm-hmm. uh, and so here comes the enemy and says she he can't he can't attack God on on the existence. She's not an atheist. She can't, he can't mm-hmm. convince her that God's not real. And so he engages her with the word of God. Did God really say? And she's like, yeah, that's really indisputable. The, yeah, the evil one's given her different no, no, let me let me finish my thought here. Hang right. on. This is important to what I'm saying right. is that she, all that he can do is attack the character of God. And that's what doubt does. But yeah. God, yeah, he may have said that, but he didn't really mean that. He just doesn't want you to be like him. Well, she's created in his image. That's that's the mm. truth. Yeah, that's right. But he has some, he's holding out on you. And so what doubt does is attack the character of God. Nothing's attacking the character. The data has no character. That's the thing. We're talking about all of this goes back to I trust God because of I know his character. Mm-hmm. And doubt is the nuclear warhead of, of all unbelief. Yeah. And that's, that's the basis yeah. of our faith is on who I have faith in. 
And that is the character of God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. This is a person. No, I agree. I was just making a point that someone wrote the data, though. So, so the evil one was introducing different data. So it it's like, well, who's right? So the character of where you're getting the data, I think, matters. Mm-hmm. On on who where you're going to put your faith and trust. When I, when I was in the fire service and I was I was a public information officer, I would have the media constantly wanting statistics from me, and I would say, "That's great, I can give you statistics, but you got to be careful with statistics, because statistically speaking, if I have one foot in fire." And the other in ice, I should be perfectly comfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the context matters. <laughs> you know, there are, there are lies, and then there are statistics. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. The data doesn't always tell the truth. Everything that's true <clears throat> is not the truth. Like I said, you know, last time I was right. here. But um, well, the same. It's hard for scientists to measure in a lab mm-hmm. the fruits of the spirit. Right. I mean. Yeah. We get in, and the, you can have because <laughs> you can ha- you can have the right data. You can actually have the right information mm-hmm. and still choose the wrong thing. For example, if you told someone who was addicted to pornography and said, "Look, this is damaging your relationship with your wife," I bet most people would say, "Yeah, you're probably right," but they're still like that. That's not enough to offer relief from from that. And I think most of our sin struggles. It's not a lack of information. We're not cognitive machines walking around cognitively making these decisions all the time. We, we operate from a level of the heart. And and I think what, to Larry's point, I, I think you're right. I think whenever Adam and Eve, when they sin, I, I mean, Satan came in with a lot of things that God had actually said. And he mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was based in truth. Yeah. You know, did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? So he's, it's like half truths that are a little bit there, but they're not all the way fully flushed out. And he's just right. laying that seed of doubt. Exactly. So I think you're so right, Larry, that he, he, the seed is, is that God does not have your best interest at heart. Right. There's another knowledge out there outside of God that mm-hmm. is actually going to be more fulfilling for you. Yeah, And, and so that was the temptation. That's well, what we see in the, the Gospels in Gnosticism. It's like, yeah, it's Jesus absolutely. plus. It's Jesus is not mm-hmm. enough. Jesus' words are not mm-hmm. enough. you got to have this. you got to have that. And Jesus is enough. Well, that, well, well the, the look, issue look at, at hand the is, in other words, in, in the, all of what was swirling around Abraham's head, Basically, when you, as a human being, someone comes to you and tells you, guess what? Even old writings are just your neighbor. And someone comes along and says, hey, here's the deal. And you can go back to Abraham and Isaac and that scenario. Uh, there's, there's life beyond death. Mm-hmm. Death won't separate you. You'll live on. They're like, I mean, the world around us, to yeah. them, that is complete nonsense. Right. Well, it doesn't They're seem like, oh, no, when reasonable. You die, that is it. Mm-hmm. And and when if you're told, it comes along and you say, well, I don't know. God said that you, you just, you, you fall asleep, but there's a resurrection. There's, yeah. there's life beyond death. I mean, it's not over when you die. Well, you hear that. It's a pretty good bone to be chewed for you to say, you know what, I'm 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 accepting that by faith. Yeah. No, I know, but Phil, I've read this in Bible studies before. You know, and the faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain yeah. what we do not see. And had the intellectual type say, well, that's not reasonable. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're like, because <clears throat> they're thinking that the Christian life is like a leap of faith. But you know, like you're you're walking along a road. And then you look around and say, I need to have faith. And so you get to the cliff's edge and you're like, I'm going to jump and see if God is real. Mm. Well, nope, that's not what we're talking about. No. <laughs> you see what I mean? But they're like, that's what you're asking right. me to do. They run it to it. They run it to a, a, a statistical data driven mindset. Well, right. But so what I was going to say is like when you read in verse, where's the one where it says we understand, uh, which said by faith. Oh, in verse three, he said, by faith, we understand. I mean, that's why he said faith comes through hearing the message. And we've said these are based on on promises. And Jesus spent hours in the Gospels talking about you're hearing, but you don't understand. Right. So you yeah. it, it's an informed faith, even though things that can happen are beyond 
uh, it, it's not contradictory to reason, but it is beyond what you would reasonably assume. Like in the situation of Abraham, Sarah, or you know, sacrifice your your child who is going to be, you know, his 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 generations are going to be as numerous as the stars. Where well, you're like, well, wait a minute, that's not reasonable. But then when you factor in the promises of God, the character of God, the abilities of God, and you trusting in that. All of a sudden, your faith becomes sure, even though what you're seeing in this world, this created world that he created, doesn't really add up. And that's why I think the theme of Hebrews 11 that we haven't touched on, I mean, if I wanted to get up and scream a phrase, it's not over. Right. This is not over. Right. Because you're like, well, uh, Abel's still speaking, even though he's dead. Well, that flies in the face of every reasonable argument. They're like, well, it's over. He's gone. He's been gone. Oh, it's not over. Yeah. <laughs> and but, that, I think that's what we're getting at. Hang, we, hang, we, on, Larry. Okay. hang on, Larry. Let's take a break. So, Larry, you're drinking out of the unashamed mug there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm wearing awesome. the uh, uncanceled T-shirt. These are uh, these are all merchandise uh, from our show uh, mm-hmm. from Unashamed Nation, which now not only has Romans one sixteen but it has Hebrews eleven sixteen. Thanks to Jay's, uh, and there's a <laughs> lot of great merch that's uh, on the website. If you go to unashamedmerch.com, uh, love always protects T-shirts. You got the mugs, you got hats, you got shirts. Uh, also, if you use the code Unashamed ten, you're going to get ten percent off. So that's a good deal at unashamedmerch.com. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, which we want more of you to be so you can get that unashamed overtime, you're going to get 20% off the gear when you use the uh, the code Blaze Sub. So check these guys out. Uh, we, we love to be able to let the world know that we're unashamed. And so uh, grab some of our merch at unashamedmerch.com. And I, before you make your point, Larry, I wanted to make mm-hmm. a point about the two examples that you guys both used in, in Sarah and Eve. Mm-hmm. Look at the results of what happens when you don't trust the character and promise of God. Instead, you come up with your own plan. Right. Eve, immediately her eyes were open. But what was? how did she feel about that? Ashamed. Right. She, she, she ran. She said, look. She at ran him. and hid and covered and, up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And look at Sarah. Sarah, it was her plan. And then as soon as she gets pregnant, the, the, the maidservant now with, with the child, she despises her. Right. I mean, see what happened when you follow your own device and you don't trust mm-hmm. in God's character. It never ends well for you. Right. It always leads to something worse. Right. That I, I, and that's, ahead, that's exactly exactly the point. I think that, you know, here they are. They're naked and unashamed in the garden. They don't even know they're naked. Because they are so God-aware, they're God-focused. And as soon as they take their eyes and they sin and they have this now knowledge of good and evil, what happens? They become completely self-consumed. And they yeah. turn their eyes completely on themselves. And it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm naked. I'm going to start finding some leaves and trying to you know, hide my, my shame. Um, and, and that's the thing about running from, you know, you mentioned all three of these words that I wanted to bring up, Alan, is is that we stand and fall by the definitions of the words that we use. And it's, I mean, it's really scary when you think about how we don't truly, un- if I'm reading a book and some of you, you know, like Zach is an intellectual type, if he gets to a word, you know, that, that, that I don't understand, I just go, you know, and I just go on and read what, and I totally miss the meaning of what that word's trying to say. He would stop and look it up in his thesaurus and, and have a better understanding. It, we, we just run by things we don't understand. And yeah. so when we use the word character and we use the word doubt and we use the word faith in, in all of these things, it, it, this idea of trust and promise, all of these words, what makes a promise powerful? What makes a promise believable? The one who made it? The character yeah. of the that's one right. who's making the promise. That exactly. That's right. why I don't have a bag. <laughs> because, well, yeah. well, I'm saying the, the promise was made and we yeah. have a character issue. If I told somebody I'm calling you what at 8 saying. o'clock, whether it comes or not, and I'm going to let you know and the call doesn't yeah. come, out there well, on the loading ramp somewhere out there, someone said, no, we'd sell that quick. You're not going to believe this. I wasn't going to share this, but I got my team on it. They Uh-oh. took the number 
the data, looks yeah. it up. It's at the airport. Yeah. I could have gone and got it. It, it arrived. Oh, my. But I didn't because I took someone's word that they were going to call me. I didn't look up the number. I was like, I got a person. I have an actual That's person. why I don't fool with the digital crap. <laughs> the digital actually won. The person is who lied to me said they were going to call. That's why this is so frustrating. Uh, but I look, love speaking it's of... It's a broken, fallen world. It is. Look, that speaking of... Where's the bag right now? Golf. Do you have the bag at your no, house? No, but as soon as this is over, oh, yeah, okay, I'm yeah. headed to that airport. Uh, and look, and heaven's coming with me. Heaven's and I'm going to go uh, in there with another grace. Another tombstone reference. And forgiveness. Yeah. And I'm going to be happy and You're sure joyful. of what you hope for. And you're certain of what you have not made your eyes on. And look, if I see that person who promised me an empty promise i'm gonna say three words i forgive you oh there you go there you <laughs> so go. i'm it I'm all, it all comes full circle so what i was gonna say about all this data do you realize that jesus <laughs> in the last is it the last verse of john where it says uh where john wrote that that if everything that he had done had been written down there wouldn't have been enough books in the whole world to hold it so it's not that because we just have one book, and I think that's what the problem from a worldly point of view is. They're like, well, this is all the data you have, and it's not a whole lot compared. I mean, there's I mean, that we have now companies that just hold data. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's miles and thousands of miles. They, and they're able to sell it. It's a, it's a oh, commodity. Oh, they sell it. And they're wow. making informed, in quotation, right. uh, decisions based on the origin of the universe and everything else mm-hmm. but the problem is no matter what they come up with how much data it there comes a point where it's over if from the spiritual life i mean you just think about our lives we sin and we mess up and what do people generally think in life at some point it's over my life's over i, I screwed up I, I shouldn't have done this or and that's that's how we say it and then when you start feeling bad physically you get old whatever you think well it's over so now all of a sudden you come to hebrews 11 and you're reading this and you're like oh wait it's not over mm. based on we have data, but the data leads to a person who can't lie, right. which is the key character point. I mean, he made this in Hebrews. So I said all this to say this. I kind of have some breaking. Uh, I'm breaking down the what is that saying? Breaking down the fourth wall. So the name of this podcast is Unashamed, and it kind of comes from Romans 116. Would we all agree with that? Mm-hmm. But I think the greater point that I thought when Larry was talking a while ago, and we were talking about this approaching the throne of grace with confidence, is when you kind of get down to chapter 11 and verse 13, and it's kind of sad because it's not reasonable. I was just putting myself in an unbeliever's viewpoint. I mean, all these people that we're reading and we're celebrating this great faithful people, they were still living by faith when they died. You're like, well, what happened? Was it a happy ending? No, they died. Mm -hmm. And... Except Enoch, I guess. Yeah. They did not receive the things promised. Well, that's another bummer. It's like not only did they die, they didn't get the benefits of the promises in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get worse as we go through Hebrews. I mean, a lot of them were butchered and martyred. And it, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we're, you know, God must not have been pleased with them. So then it says, uh, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. I mean, that doesn't seem very fun to to constantly live like an alien or a stranger to other people. Some would call them unhinged. Yeah, exactly. But look, and so then it gets to that famous verse. Let's take a break. So then it gets to that famous verse about they were looking, you know, toward heaven. But then this last verse in 16 kind of hit me. And then it says, therefore, God is unashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And it just kind of hit me in that moment. I thought that's a more powerful thing that despite our mess ups, despite our moments of lack of faith, Mm -hmm. despite what we think our life ended kind of empty. You know, it does. It didn't look like it was that great from everybody else's perspective the fact that god is not ashamed to be called their god despite what we do and he's got a place for us mm. now that's encouraging that's good yep. yeah he I, that's truly no, that's good. Unashamed. Yeah, but, when, when you hold the truth 
because of your character and who you are. When you're making the promises and fulfilling the promises, you're unashamed. People can, you know, yeah. it's, we're always trying to defend the Word of God. And people are, are like, you know, I have to defend this. And I think it was Charles Spurgeon that said the Word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend the lion. You just open the cage and the lion will defend itself. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. he, he's unashamed. Yeah. Uh, by what he says, by what he does, uh, and he is not going to allow his character to be called into question, and that's yeah. what we see in the book of Job. Yeah, well, it gets like, back to the gets grace to verse thirty-eight, and he's yeah. like, "Who you're going to you're going to question my character? Where were you? Yeah, when I th- flung these stars in the sky." Well, it gets back to grace. When you have that that line about grace, I thought about that because I was like, I mean, that's a bumper sticker. I mean, I'm not ashamed <laughs> because he's not ashamed. You know, I mean, Hebrews, where's that again? 11, 16. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful verse because I, I just think we have a tendency to try to make it about us. And if these guys in this chapter made it about them, from the outside looking in, they're like, these guys are a bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, I mean, we've gone through some of the stories, but Noah, Bill, Nark, when it never rained, you're way away from the ocean. That's trust, I mean, just what that is. Exactly. But That's you're trust. trusting a God who can't yeah. lie, who's bigger than what you're seeing right. with your eyeballs, because, right. you know, your physical eyeballs on, yeah. on this earth. I guess that's my but, point. Yeah, but I, I love I love placing the preeminence on him, though. Uh, I think it was Tozier, A.W. Tozier, that said something like it's a I'm a lot less concerned about whether I accept God and way more concerned about does he accept me? Exactly. And I think that exactly. we approach our faith with like this humanistic uh, um, foundation even like I love that's mm-hmm. a great point, Jason. I mean, right, we like, got to change the name of the that's podcast. That's it. Well, we're gonna get into <laughs> trouble now. <laughs> yep, we can just <laughs> no, we're just adding to it. We're not changing, yeah. We're not, yeah, we're, we're still growing, but now we're it's about growing in our faith because mm-hmm. we had you know, there's a lot of references. I mean, since Larry's here, we can ask you, I don't want to oh. chase a rabbit, but Boy. I've always been intrigued about. When he when he talks about Jesus talks about degrees of faith, he's like, Oh ye of little faith. Mm-hmm. If you I'm I'm surprised at your lack of faith and the parable about if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, which seems like a positive, mm-hmm. but in other places he's like, Oh boy, oh ye of little faith. I mean, so I don't know. Maybe that's the next step. It's one thing to understand faith and to have faith. Yeah. It's the next to try. All right, we, we need to grow this faith because he does seem there's a lot of references about the amount of faith you have. Right. Any thoughts on that? I, yeah, I just I, I think that um, when Jesus is standing toe to toe to the Pharisees and they're confronting him over a miracle <laughs> that he did that basically says he's God in the flesh. And he answers them by saying, you know, Moses and Abraham they would have loved to have seen this in their day. Mm-hmm. And with eyes of faith and trust, they did. But you guys are seeing it. And they would have, they would have loved to have been here to see what you guys are seeing, and you guys don't believe it. And that yeah. is that trust. They, our trust is based on the character and the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We we didn't always understand what God was like, and this goes back, Alan, to this deity of Christ. We haven't always known what God was like, but now we do. The Word became flesh, yeah, and He stood and He spoke the Word to us, and we heard Him with our ears. And this is what John says: We have beheld His glory. Uh, if we cannot ever go back and deny that we do not understand now or see what God's like, what is God like? He's like Jesus. He's always been like Jesus. Not a single time that God has not been like Jesus. If God became flesh, what would He look like? Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> exactly. And so well, this it is seems Hebrews. so simple, yet this, it complex. Does. <laughs> but I mean, Hebrews one. In the past, God spoke to us through prophets, and you know, our forefathers in many times, various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us in the flesh, incarnate, in person, in Son. Um, wow. And so, and, and this is the point that Jesus is making is that, and that's what I think the Hebrew writer here in 11 is making is that all of this faith, all of these things did, all these people did these things based on their trust in the character of who God was. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wanted to, I wanted to uh, inject this because, uh, and by the way, Jace, I think you're right. Now we've got another prism to add to the Unashamed podcast because mm. Romans one sixteen is one prism of being bold and you know being mm. unashamed of you know what God has done in our lives. But you can't have that without understanding Hebrews eleven sixteen mm. that. Yeah. God is unashamed of us. So I, I think now we have to put those two verses together. Yeah. Oh, I, I look at that. Read, I didn't uh, notice the uh, the numbers, the 116 and yes. the 1116. Oh, man, all these conspiracy theorists <laughs> out there, they're like, <laughs> we finally figured it out. Like the 16s. Yeah. That's exactly right. Somebody's going to make a T-shirt good. about this. You realize that, don't you? You can't get yeah, Romans, the, six, Romans 1 16 without Hebrews 11 16. Hebrews 11 16. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's the truth. Let me read these verses because we just have a couple yeah. of minutes left and then and we can flesh them out a little bit in overtime. Because one of you said something interesting earlier that you would think with these people they were reading about, that, you know, we, we talk about how great they are and we know because we're able to look back over their entire life. But when they were living it, it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially where we're going from here uh, once we get past Abraham. So in verse 20, it says because we'd finished up that about Abraham reasoning to the resurrection. So now we're going to the next generation mm-hmm. by faith. Isaac, who's that son of promise that, you know, he was told to sacrifice and then he stepped in, blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Mm -hmm. And then I want to read the next one. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. And I thought it was interesting because the Hebrew writer, he he took the highlight from both of those guys because when we go and we're going to go back and discuss some about what actually happened. I mean, those are obviously both true. And there was blessings and they did trust God, but there was a lot that happened about you talk about not trusting God's character. And I mean, just there was some shenanigans that went on with those two generations Mm -hmm. full of trouble and doubt and jealousy and backbiting and deceit and just all these things that happened as a result of that. And I think it's, you know, the Hebrew writer doesn't go into it. He doesn't have to. But when you go back and read the Genesis account, it's like, oh, my word, you know, faithful people still have a lot of struggles. And I, I think that's what highlights probably these generations more than anything to me. Um, but ultimately, they trusted in God. Right. And it, it, it just, when we respond to God in a trusting way, I just, I think about Noah. Man, uh, it's one thing to do something for a week. It's one thing to sustain a trusting what, why, when you get up every morning, why am I doing what I'm doing for a hundred years? Yeah. When everybody in the world is screaming at you, like, dude, there's not an ocean. We, you know, there's nowhere. You're in the middle of a desert. You're building a boat yeah. uh, to be ridiculed and mocked and unhinged for a hundred right. years. And to it, it, I mean, belief is one thing, faith is one thing, trust is the only thing I think that got Noah in that ark and God himself shut that door. And yeah. it is uh, eight people saved by water and the hand of God. Yeah, that's, <laughs> wow. that's exactly right. All right, we're out of time. Uh, great discussion. We'll uh, we'll pick up in, uh, in, in the overtime and talk a little bit more about this. You can get there by blazetv.com slash unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.